Welcome to Rerun, the podcast where we talk about our favorite episodes of iconic and sometimes favorite TV shows. Um, I'm Dori Shafrir from BuzzFeed, and today I'm really excited to have with me the one and only Anna Holmes, who is the editorial director at Fusion and a columnist for the New York Times Book Review. Hi, Anna. Hi. <laughs> so fun to have you here. I'm glad to be here. Usually I say that we're talking about favorite episodes of our favorite TV shows, but today we're talking about The Cosby Show, mm-hmm. which is more complicated. Yeah. But it was one of my favorite TV shows when I was a kid. Totally. And like that that can't be erased, even though things have come to light um, about uh, the show's star and creator, <laughs> uh, Mr. Cosby. But it definitely was. I mean, I'm trying to think like the years that it ran. I actually don't know the exact actual, actual it was years it ran. Eighty four to ninety two. Okay, okay, so I was I was between the ages of eleven, and then I think I probably stopped watching it once I hit fifteen or sixteen. But right. but you know, I I started watching it when I was ten or eleven years old, and my my family didn't have cable television until I was about sixteen. The show was important to me for a number of reasons. I think you know there are reasons that are. Um, kind of well-known among many people in the United States, whether they're African-American or not, which is that it depicted a functional, loving African-American family, upwardly mobile, affluent. I guess they were affluent. I mean, he was a doctor. and She was a lawyer. Right. And they lived in like a Brooklyn Heights brownstone. Right. Although I think Brooklyn Heights brownstones at the time were not what they are now in terms of cost. Right. But they did have five kids. Yeah. Which I which I had forgotten until I watched <laughs> this episode. I was like, oh, that's right. There's the eldest daughter. And so that means they have four girls and one right. boy. And it's, it's, you know, looking at Claire Huxtable, it's kind of hard to imagine that she has five kids. Yeah. I mean, at least nowadays, if they existed nowadays, they would have like two nannies. You yes. Know, if, yes. If, if that family existed in either in real life or even depicted, they would have two nannies. If they lived in a Brooklyn Brownstone with five children, there'd be like babysitters. Right. Yeah, there's never, that's such a good point. There's never any babysitters <laughs> no. and both parents are always home. I know they're always home. <laughs> well, I assume that he has more flexible hours than she did because, I mean, lawyers, from what I understand, work all the time. And maybe right. as a doctor, he could have more um, flexible hours. I mean, I believe there were, not in this episode, but in other episodes, you know, he would leave to go deliver, d- babies. deliver babies. Right. Anyway, so it was important to me for for the reasons that I just outlined with regards to like the black family, but it was also important to me because it was a functional family, and mine was not so functional mm. at that time. In fact, my parents were were you know going to split up. I think I was seven when it started, mm-hmm. um, and I I totally missed anything having to do with the importance of it. It was just another funny sitcom. That we watched. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Family Ties was on after. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So we would watch Cosby Show and Family Ties. Yeah. And, you know, I must have registered that they were black. Yeah. But I don't remember ever thinking, oh, I'm watching a black show. Well, they didn't make a big deal about their blackness. At the same time, they didn't hide it or apologize for right. it. I mean, there's there's lots of, um, even in the episode that we, we, we're going to talk about, you know, I don't want to say iconography, but you know, there's 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 paintings on the wall mm-hmm. of the house that um, seem to be either of Africans or or painted in Africa. There 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 are re- you know cultural references made to historically black colleges. It presents you know a certain African American milieu without apology, but without you know making it into a neon sign saying this mm-hmm. is a black show, this is a black show, right. and that's why I think probably it was so powerful, and I think it was probably. So powerful also because of kids like you who weren't 
thinking of it mm-hmm. um who weren't like wow this is a black family on national mm-hmm. you know network television right it's like a number one like of course because when you're seven you yeah. don't know <laughs> in the same way that kids nowadays will grow up i think <laughs> um not being a kid i can't speak for them but with, with an african-american president and not think that it's yeah. necessarily anything strange right but yeah let's talk about this episode okay this is an episode from season two mm-hmm. um and the title of the episode is happy anniversary and so I think it's safe to assume that season two, we were at or around the height of this show's popularity. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they had they had so many viewers. Yeah. Millions and millions of viewers. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so this is about the anniversary of Cliff Huxtable, Bill Cosby's parents. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose this episode, Anna? The reason I chose the episode was because when I think of famous Cosby episodes, first of all, I don't remember entire storylines or narratives. I remember moments. And probably one of the most famous moments in that show, and one that I therefore remember, because I am forgetful, <laughs> is 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 the episode where they are doing um, a dance to a Ray Charles song for uh, Cliff's parents for their anniversary. Now, it's just, it's just one of those things that felt authentic but it also was because like it was a song that played in my house my dad Mm. had played it so I recognized it and I just hadn't seen at that point that kind of uh celebration through song of African Americans in that way like in Mm -hmm. that in the context of like a sitcom I mean maybe I'd seen it in other places or in my own house but I hadn't seen it depicted on tv so and, you know, just and everyone just thought Rudy is adorable when she starts mimicking. Um, she's not mimicking Ray Charles; she's mimicking one of his backup singers. And I'm not going to imitate what it is because I don't have the lung capacity. But it's a kind of scream of the word "baby." baby. <laughs> it's like the cutest thing. Baby! Yeah. Um, so that's why I thought about the about. You know, I first thought of that scene, and then I was like, "Well, what episode was that?" So I had to like Google Ray Charles Crosby Show Rudy, and of course, you know, I found it within 35 seconds. So. Have you watched The Cosby Show since all the allegations against Bill Cosby no, started because, coming to light? No, because my part of my tactic or strategy with regards to the allegations against Bill Cosby has to like, been put my head in, head in the sand, mm. like la 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 la, I can't hear you. Which is which is I'm actually kidding, but I'm not kidding. Like it's been very, it's been upsetting in a way that I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know why he. he as opposed to some some other you know pop culture figure is so much more upsetting um or it's so much more upsetting to think that he did that um but it is it just is and maybe because of some of the reasons i outlined about why the show was important to me and as disgusting as i think that he is i there, there's still some part of me like that little kid part of me that's like he couldn't have done that it's not that i don't believe that he did he, he did it i'm not saying that i disbelieve the women at all but just a really hard time um completely accepting that this person who meant so much to me as a kid was and is such a monster so i hadn't watched the show um and i had you know i had a lot of thoughts watching it i mean some of which were wow that was a long time ago look mm-hmm. at the outfits there were some jokes in the script that were maybe perhaps a little more meaningful considering the fact that he has allegedly uh, assaulted dozens of women over the course of his lifetime and career. The episode starts with Claire and Heathcliff coming back from a date together. And she says something about how... It's super creepy. Yeah, she says (laughs) to him, like they're standing outside the door before they go in and and she says, you know, you're the best date I ever had. And he goes, can I come in? Oh, no. Well, uh... 
Can I see you again? I think I'd like that. Uh, can I have a kiss? Of course. No, no, wait, well, wait a minute. I bought you dinner. You cannot buy love. You have to win it. You have to earn it. Now, I already love you, but not because you bought me dinner. See, I like the way you beg. Within the first five minutes, there's a whole... Cringe, cringe, yeah, cringe. absolutely. Like, total cringe fest. What were some of the other scenes, or I guess if we're talking about kind of cringy things, like, what were some of the other cringy parts that you found? I don't know if there was that much that was that, was that cringy after that. I mean, it, it, I think it was mostly... I mean, there's a scene at the end of... I mean, the episode is bookended by, you know the opening scene of them coming back from a date and then, and then and then the last scene is is them going to bed and he's trying to seduce his wife in bed and she's not really having it but then she seems to acquiesce to him at the end but in between that it's really a show about i mean it's always a show about family but right. i think it's a show about the longevity of relationships and functional relationships and marriages and because it focuses so much on the issue of cliffs parents 49th or 50th wedding anniversary Mm -hmm. but but it's interesting you know even even in the episode there are certain little things that get thrown out there that that are very meaningful but they don't focus on them so long that it's being telegraphed to tell the viewer this is important for example cliff's father is talking about how he's disinterested in going to europe because the last time he was there it was kind of like you know he wasn't really into it and then cliff says well that's because the last time you were there you were running alongside a tank and so, okay, now we know that he was a, right. he's a World War II veteran. And, you know, when we think about World War II and depictions of World War II and American soldiers in World War II, there aren't usually very many African-Americans. One would get the sense that there were no African-Americans um, if it's going by certain movies. Especially in Europe. But, but that's just like one of those little, like, one of those little details yeah. that, that complicates things for anybody who believes that um, the African-American family is easily stereotyped. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't really know that there was anything that creeped me out except perhaps towards the end when Cliff and, and Claire are in bed. Um, but I think you'd find that in any sitcom or in right. a lot of sitcoms, which want to depict you know, men as being horny and women being, well, you know, withholding, um, even in the context of a, of a long marriage. I mean, the thing that I was thinking about during that scene, first of all, how closely the longevity of his relationship with Claire mirrors his relationship with his wife, Camille. Mm -hmm. But I was also thinking about his so, to me, obvious like virgin whore complex. Mm -hmm. Like he kind of gets off on his wife being this like withholding pure. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's not so pure. I mean, first of all, she's a modern woman. Secondly, They've had sex at least five times, at least. Right. <laughs> but that's that's what he wants. He kind of yeah. wants her to be t- shutting him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't know whether Claire ever actually does. I, I, I mean, I'd have to watch every episode of the show, but yeah. I kind of doubt. I doubt that there's a depiction of her in which she um, is unabashed and uh, unapologetic about that she wants to get some nookie right now. I think the know? closest she gets is being coy about mm-hmm. it. Right. Because you're right. So much of the joke relies on. Yeah that setup. Perhaps that's why I don't watch that many sitcoms. Um, because, you know, maybe there's something to the way that they depict women that, that feels phony to me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, to go back, so back to go back to the scene that I love the most, which is them performing should this Ray play, Charles Should we play song. that scene? Sure. Okay. Well, why don't we all move into the living room? Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? Come on. Don't oh, worry about it. Here we go. 
No, the two of you sit down there. Sit. Now, we have put together a little form of entertainment for you. We have the record here, and we're going to perform for you. We figure after 49 years of marriage, perhaps the two of you need a little romantic inspiration. Okay, now, here we go. Yeah, Rudy's, like, totally off. <laughs> but even some of the women are, are, are off as well at one yeah. point. You can see how they're kind of off right here. Mm-hmm. See, she's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's why it's so great. It's so cute. It doesn't hurt that she doesn't have any front teeth, right? <laughs> so why is Denise wearing gloves? Because she's just stylish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell she's trying not to laugh herself. Yeah. And she gets more into it. <laughs> you can see her confidence grow. Aww. She's so cute. Yeah. Rudy. So yeah, I just like I just remember that. It just felt like a surprise to see that on television. It's very joyful. Yeah. And and I and I remember it and I remember my family was watching it. And like there's just certain things that like that remind me of my dad. The playing of Ray Charles songs, the like the the singing along to them or other R and B artists. My dad resembles Bill Cosby a little bit, although with less hair. Sorry, Dad. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's just something that feels very familiar about Have you ever them. talked about Bill Cosby with your dad? No, I'm, I should. I should. I, but I, I really feel like I couldn't deal. I mean, I, you yeah. know, it's, I, it's, I've actually, I haven't even talked about him with my mother, and I'd be more, be more likely to talk about him with my mother because she might be more forthcoming. She might, like, mm. you know, let loose with, like, a string of expletives about him. Whereas I think my dad right. would be a little more... Um, restrained about it but um no i haven't and i should i should because or i should just ask them what their memories of the cosby show are or were because they were full-fledged adults when it was on tv yeah. and perhaps they you know saw it as being even more revolutionary than i sensed it was right yeah. um and one other thing mm-hmm. that i just noticed when as we were talking about the kind of signaling that happens mm-hmm. in the show mm-hmm. that when she's in bed, Claire is reading Black Enterprise. Oh, is that what she's reading? Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't tell what she was reading. Yeah, yeah she's reading she Black reading. Enterprise. You know, but it's very subtle. Cliff, your feet are freezing. That's why I put them over there. It actually reminds me of the joke that Michelle Obama made about Barack, Barack's feet being stinky. This was like in 2007. I don't remember this. Um, and she got, I think she got a little bit of crap for making comments about how his feet smelled in bed. But, um, and you know, there have been people who have argued that the Cosby show paved the way for Barack and Michelle Obama. I'm not going to get into that. But there was a certain connection I I felt or, or or I noted when she made when Claire makes the comment about his cold feet and I thought about Michelle making comments about yep. Barack's smelly feet. Um, I think personally smelly feet are worse than cold feet. 
I agree. <laughs> and on that note, yes. I think we can wrap up. Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Thank you. Rerun is produced by the BuzzFeed Pod Squad. Jenna Weiss-Berman, Eleanor Kagan, Julia Furlan, and Meg Kramer. We'll be back in two weeks. Thank you.